0: Book Two, Chapter Seven of Clara Vaughan, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Clara Vaughan, Volume One by R. D. Blackmore. Book Two, Chapter Seven. At last we got through our parting with the best of people far worthier than myself to interest any reader and After it the dark ride over the moors and the farmer's vain attempt at talking to relieve both himself and us The honest eyes were bright with tears tears of pity for my weakness Which now he scarcely cared to hide but would not show by wiping away and how many times he begged for frequent tidings of us which sally could now interpret if written in large round hand how many times he consulted commanded and threatened the coachman and promised him a goose at Michaelmas if he took good care of us and our luggage These great kindnesses and all the trifling cares which strew the gap of long farewells Were more to think of than to tell But I ought to mention that much against the farmers will I insisted on paying him half the sum Which he had lent me in a manner never to be forgotten moreover with the same presentiment which he had always felt he made me promise once more to send for him if i fell into any dreadful strait it was late at night when our cabman the most polite and if his word may be trusted the most honourable of mankind rang the bell of mrs shelfer's house the house was in a by-street near a large unfinished square in the northern part of london mrs shelfer came out at once sharp and quick and short and wonderfully queer at first she took no notice at all of either of us but began pulling with all her strength at the straps of the heaviest boxes which by means known to herself alone she contrived to drag through the narrow passage and down three low steps into the little kitchen then she hurried back talking all the time to herself reopened the door of the fly jumped in and felt under both the seats and round the lining Finding nothing there she climbed upon the driver's box and thoroughly examined both that and the roof Being satisfied now that none of our chattels were left in the vehicle She shook her little fist at two or three boys who stood at the corner near the mews And setting both hands to the farmers great hamper or morn as he called it She dragged it inside the front door and turned point-blank upon me, pray, my good friend, how many is there? I'm sure I don't know, Mrs. Shelfer. Your cousin knows best. Ah, they're terrible fellows, them cabbies terrible. The cabman stood by all the time, beating his hands together. Twas only last time I went to Barbican one of em came up to me mrs Shelfer says he mrs Shelfer says i pray, my good friend, how do you know my name?' ho i knows charlie well enough says he and there ain't a better fellow living a deal too good for you says i and now praise what's your business with me why old lady he says as impudent as a man with the wooden leg you've been and left your second best umbrella under the seat of the botany bay bus catch me says i it's bible truth says he and my old woman's got it now if you never get drunk says i till that umbrella runs in your shoes your old woman needn't steal her lights and with that i ran between the legs of a sheep hanging up with my tuscan bonnet on trimmed with white nothing like it my good friend the same as i've had these two-and-twenty years what for mrs shelfer i asked in great surprise why for the butcher to see me to be sure miss you see he wanted to get me down the mews and murder me with my little wash-leather bag as i was going to pay the interest on shelfer's double-barrel gun ah yes with a short laugh and there'll be four and ninepence again next Tuesday. Talking at this rate and stopping for no reply, she led us into her kitchen, saying that she would not light a fire upstairs. It was so beautiful, the trimmings of the grate, because she wasn't certain that we would come. But she had got supper for us, excuse me, my good friend, in her own snug little room, and beautiful they was, sure enough. The wind last week had made them so fat. She pointed in triumph to a large dish on the table piled up with blue shells Why mrs. Shelfer they are mussels! I exclaimed with some disgust Ah, I see you knows em that they are miss and as beautiful as ever you ate Charlie and me sits down to a peck of them But the man as comes round with the cat's meat's brother the man with the truck and his eyes crossed He told me there was such a demand for them in Grosvenor Square and they was so cunning this weather when they gets fat he hadn't more than half a peck left and they was the best of the lot now i'll have them all beautiful hot beautiful boiling my good friend if you'll just run upstairs and a teaspoon and a half of salt and cousin ann knows the way and the apartments is splendid splendid miss vaughan she drew herself up at the end of the sentence with an air of the greatest dignity then suddenly dropped it again and began bustling in and out now for the first time I had leisure to examine her for while she spoke the short jumps of her ideas unsettled my observation She was a little body rather thin with a face not strongly peculiar, but odd enough to second the oddities of her mind No doubt she had once been pretty and her expression was pleasant now especially when a glimpse was afforded of her quick gray eyes which generally avoided the gaze and dropped beneath a fringe of close-set lashes but the loss of the front teeth and the sharpening and wrinkling of the face with the straggling neglect of the thick black hair fraying out from the black cap and the habit she had of shutting her mouth with a snap all these interfered with her credit for pristine good looks like mrs huxtable she was generally in a bustle but a bustle of words more often than deeds she had no deception about her Yet she never knew the difference between the truth and a lie and could not understand that anyone else should do so Therefore she suspected everything and everybody till one of her veins of opinion was touched and then she would swallow anything Tired out with the long day's travel the dazing of railway speed and the many scenes and faces which had flashed across me I could not appreciate the beauty of mrs. Shelfers furniture, but leaving Anne maples to eat the mussels if she could and to gossip with her cousin, I was not slow to revisit the old farmhouse, and even the home of my childhood, in the winged cradle of sleep. End of Book Two, Chapter Seven